Happy New Year, everyone. So just like at my house, you know, the tree got taken down and the lights got taken down, and here we are in January. Same thing happened here. Thank you, Jim, and whoever else helped you with all of that work. So, so here we are. Brand new year. Everybody feel different? <laughs> all right. How many of you have picked up this week what you burned in the burning bowl last week? Anybody notice that you did that? Yeah? Anybody want to share about that? That was our spiritual practice for the week, right? Was to pay attention. When am I oh, picking back up again that which I just let go of and release? Right? So does anybody want to share? Because I want to give you an opportunity to do so if you do. Nobody? Ah, I see two. All right. Yay. I'm going to go to Maeve first. Those of you who don't know Maeve, this is Maeve Nelson, and she's one of our YOUers. So um, this year, the YOU uh, teams actually did a burning bowl ceremony with the younger kids, so we had our own little get-together. And my thing this year was focusing on being more human and um, letting myself make mistakes. And I've only had a few babies at school. And I've made tons of mistakes. <laughs> but you know what? It's fine. I just got over it. I just moved on and look at tomorrow's a new day. Awesome, Maeve. I love that, that you are allowing yourself to be more human. Right? We're going to talk about that today, as a matter of fact. Okay. Rosemary. Um, mine was to um, let go of um, the anger and, well, more the hurt um, for people that hurt me. Mm. And um, there are certain people, you know, mostly women, mm-hmm. that um, hurt. And um, but I've I've been working on it and trying to keep a really positive thought in my head. But I truly have not had the opportunity yet because I haven't seen people <laughs> to work it out. And I'm just keeping the positive in my head and trying to do the self-talk. Fabulous, Rosemary, because you know you are meeting them constantly in your head, right? Do you all recognize that, right? Are you giving people safe passage through your mind, right? So, beautiful, beautiful thoughts. Thank you. We're going to continue to look at that, right? How am I, throughout this year, picking back up that which I said I'm willing to let go of? But today we're moving on. We are in 2020. We finished our theme for last year, which was One Humanity, Many Stories, and We shared lots of ideas around that over this past year. But this year we have a whole new theme that we're going to be focusing on, and that is um, perfect vision, seeing through a spiritual lens. Perfect vision, seeing through a spiritual lens. This is the overarching theme for 2020 for all of Unity Worldwide Ministries, so we take that on. And so as we begin, we begin this year, the question is, you know, so what do we focus on? And uh, the worship team and I came up with this idea, well, how about if we kind of go back to basics? Who are we? And who are we from the perspective of seeing life through the spiritual lens of unity? How does unity support you with these basic teachings that we offer in seeing life through that spiritual lens? And so today, we're beginning with this idea of God. Let's just start small. God, defining the indefinable. So if I were to throw out the question to you, 
Uh, not a question, a statement. You can fill in the blank. God is love. God is consciousness. God is life. God is everywhere. God is peace. God just is. God is everything. So what? God is power. God is being. God is me. God is. We all have all of these different ideas of what God is. And how many of you are holding the same idea of God that you did 20 years ago? Anybody? How about five days ago? (laughs) Charles Fillmore used to say, this is what I believe, but I reserve the right to change my mind. Right? It's one of the reasons I love unity. We have the ability to come to deeper and deeper understanding, and as we come to deeper and deeper understanding, we have the ability to change our minds. Thank you, God. And so I have found in my own life that this is true about God. The God of my childhood, at least my understanding of that God, is maybe similar to your understanding of the God of your childhood, which was that God was this being somewhere, I guess I thought heaven, wherever that was, right? But kind of like Santa Claus was watching over me, when was I being naughty, when was I being nice, keeping track, right? And I no longer believe that, that idea of this being that is God that is out there judging me. And unity does not teach that understanding of God. So what does unity teach? I'm going to go to a story. A story that I read this week comes from the Buddhist tradition. It's an old, ancient tale. And the tale goes like this. You've probably heard it. There were six blind men wandering along who came upon an elephant. And the first blind man came to the side of that elephant and felt that elephant and said, Oh, an elephant is like a wall, solid, strong, firm. The second blind man was feeling the tusk and said, Oh, oh, no, 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 no. The elephant is not a wall. The elephant is round and pointy and sharp like a sword. The elephant is like a sword, not a wall. And then the third blind man, well, the third blind man was at the tail. And said, oh, no, 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 you are both wrong. An elephant is like a rope, flexible. At which point, the fourth blind man was at the ear. And he said, no, 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 not a wall, not a rope, not a sword. An elephant is like a fan. And the fifth blind man, who was feeling the leg of the elephant, said, no, you are all wrong. An elephant is like the trunk of a tree. And finally, the last blind man, who happened to be at the trunk, said, you are all wrong. The elephant is like a snake. And as I think about that story, I think about how much God is like that to us, right? So we have different understandings of God. Some of us have 
have come to the point of feeling and experiencing God as that peace. And others have come and experiencing God as that love. And others have come and experiencing God as oneness. And so on and so forth, right? And as humanity, when our egos get involved about who is right, we can be like those blind men who are arguing about what the elephant is like. And we can say, oh no, I know. I've got my experience right here. I know what God is. God is this. And divisions and separations and wars have been started because we argue about what is God. And the insanity of that. So, what does unity say that God is? What part of the elephant does unity see as God? What I love about unity is that there is a whole variety of understandings about what God is. Right? So, in unity, God is the absolute realm of existence. The absolute realm of existence. Now, you and I are experiencing life here in this temporary relative realm in these bodies. And Maeve, I am so grateful to hear that you are allowing yourself the experience of experiencing your humanity. We are here in these bodies. Limited forms, if you will. But in these limited forms, in these temporary bodies, we can experience God, which is in the absolute, which is absolute, unchanging, never-ending, the Alpha, the Omega. Guess what, Dale? Your body has a limited lifespan. (laughs) God does not. And in Dale's body here, in this limited lifespan, he is one with, we are all one with, that infinite intelligence, that absolute energy, that we call the divine. And so we get to experience that power and that presence through these bodies. So sometimes I think there's this idea in religion and maybe in our own lives as we're suffering through the experience of being human. Does anybody not experience some suffering through the experience of being human? That we want to escape these bodies. And just, like, project me into that absolute realm so that I can be here and be okay, right? And that isn't the point of perfect vision, seeing through a spiritual realm. For us, the point is in unity, recognizing and realizing that although we are here in this relative temporal realm, And one with that absolute in the divine realm, we're not trying to escape into that divine realm while we're here. So much about traditional religion is that, right? Let me get it all right here because I want to get to that. Some people within spirituality now are wanting to just get to that place of enlightenment so I can escape this. And my thought is around that, that at least in unity with Jesus as our teacher and our way showers, he did not try to escape from his body. He came to fully integrate his awareness 
of the absolute into the experience of the relative here in this body. And so we can all experience here in our humanity what it is to be one with that divine power and presence, the absolute. But what I would say to you is that the idea... Okay, so unity teaches that God as the absolute is standing under all of creation, while not necessarily that I can say to this chair, this chair is God. Okay, that God's energy and essence is standing under it all, bringing it all forth from that invisible absolute realm into this realm, but that we can only experience the aspects of God that move from the absolute into the relative. So what do I mean by that? Right, let's go back to the elephant. What is the elephant? It's temporary. It's changing. Just like you and I, it has a limited lifespan. But there within the elephant is that very life energy that is God that is beating the hearts of that elephant and breathing the lungs of the elephant. And we can look at that elephant and we can say, well, I know that that elephant isn't necessarily God. It is here because God is expressing through the body and form of that elephant as the very life essence that it is. The beauty of a flower. What is that, that flower? Now we could say, well, that flower is God, but I think we're missing the point if we do that. What is real and absolute and eternal, which is what God is, is the beauty of that flower. It's the life of that flower. It's the divine order that unfolds into and as that flower. Now to some, you may be sitting here going, well, it sounds like semantics, Joanne. But I think it's very important for us to recognize this. To recognize that God shows up as that which stands under all that is. And that we can find that power and that presence that is God through the experience of all that is. But when we, like those blind men are in our experience going, this is God, Dale. Darn it, why don't you get that and you better believe me and you better agree with me or else yours begins. Unity teaches that God is principle. Principle, which is those unchanging laws that stand under all of creation, all of our lives. Principle that we can count on. Principle that we can know doesn't decide, well, Debbie, now she's been very good this year. Check. I guess I'll give her the answer to that prayer. I always pick on Jim. Ted. Ted, on the other hand, I can see here he's been naughty. I guess we won't give him his prayer. Right? I mean, principle says that doesn't happen. Principle says the same is available to each and every one of us. We can count on that. 
God is principal. There, present, available for each and every one of us without exception. Right? So God is principle. God is law in that regard. God is the absolute. These are all ways that unity looks at that divine power and presence that we call God. My favorite, I speak about it often, is God defined as divine mind. I love that idea. Probably because I like thinking things through. You know, others who may be less thinkers and more emotional don't particularly respond to the idea of God as divine mind. I get that. But for me, it works. Thinking about divine mind and unity, which says that all possibilities exist, all ideas exist within divine mind consciousness. And that we are one with that divine mind consciousness. We are one with that power and presence that is God through the activity of our mind. And that we are indeed, each of us uniquely and individually, a divine idea that God holds for Deb, for Dan, for Linda, for Brian, and Robin, and Maeve, and Kat, and Debbie, Dale. Perfect divine idea held within that divine mind consciousness that we get to receive through our own consciousness right? and bring forth into expression. God as divine mind. God is love. Scripturally, we're told that God is love. Love, the harmonizing power, love that draws us together, love that the song says keeps the world going around, right? God is love. So just like the many aspects of the elephant, unity teaches many ideas about what God is. But one thing that is constant in unity is that God is the only power. The only presence. Because the absolute is the only thing that's real. And that is God. And so anything else that we see that is unlike that is of our own making. Because we in humanity in this relative realm are really good at making. Okay, really crappy. Experiences for ourselves. And we tend to forgetfulness. That this is all coming from the substance that is divine, from a divine idea entering our consciousness. And if we could just keep it pure, would purely demonstrate as the good, as the life, as the light, as the love, as the peace, as the understanding, as the joy that all of you spoke out about what is God. That is to be our experience. But I don't think what is to be our experience here is to try to escape from these bodies. It is to be fully in these bodies. Fully unique, fully individualized expressions of God and honoring one another in that. And it seems like the consciousness of humanity continues to evolve to give us opportunity to do that to celebrate the differences, to celebrate the uniqueness, to celebrate the diversity, to learn to honor one another 
in all of our many unique expressions that is divine. So as humanity, our challenge, I think, is to take an idea like oneness, God is oneness, and ask, now what does that look like in this relative realm, in these bodies? Because let me tell you, it doesn't mean homogeny. It doesn't mean now we're all the same. It doesn't mean that we can't acknowledge the differences and that we can't even see the differences. And how does that show up? Well, that shows up. I'll give an example from my own life. Having grown up through, you know, the civil rights movement and the change of all of that and the idea of color, I grew up learning about color and then deciding, well, no, we're all one. There's only oneness. That's what I have to see, so I'm no longer going to see color. To now realizing that that's a part of the problem. See the color. See the diversity. See the many aspects and the many faces and the many ways that the divine shows up and celebrate them all. So, all of this leading into this. The board received a suggestion in the suggestion box. As I said, our, our culture, our world is inviting us to not only see the diversity, but honor and celebrate the diversity. And so the suggestion in the suggestion box that the board received was, could we make available to those who would like it stickers for the name tag that would include preferred pronouns? Now, you may be sitting here going, what? So I found this beautiful video. I'm so excited that I found this video. Coming from our Jewish family who is dealing with these same things and asking, how do we, honoring God and our divinity and our diversity, deal with this? So I'm going to ask Michelle, because this video explains it way better than me. Hey, everyone. Today we're going to be talking about pronouns. Pronouns? What are those? Well, pronouns are the words that we use to describe someone in the third person. Why do I have to care about pronouns? I can just look at someone and know what pronouns they use. Well, actually, you shouldn't assume someone's pronouns or gender. Someone that presents more femininely, such as by wearing makeup or a dress, might actually use he, him pronouns. Some people don't use he, him, or she, her pronouns, and instead use they, them pronouns. Some people use a mix of pronouns. Wait, they, them? I thought that's only used for talking about a lot of people at once. That's not actually quite true. William Shakespeare actually used it in some of his plays. But I'm a man, and I use he, him pronouns, because that's what I've always used. A lot of cisgendered people, which are people who identify with the gender they were given at birth, don't really question their pronouns or gender. Questioning gender can be scary. Remember, in Judaism, we're created the Selim Elohim, in God's image. And I know that we use that text a lot, but in this case, it's really true. If you use your pronouns in a room full of strangers, then I feel a bit safer using my pronouns. Okay, so what pronouns do you use? Thank you so much for asking. I use they, them, and sometimes she, her pronouns. Really? I never would have known that if I hadn't asked. Let's practice using they, them pronouns. We use the name Elias as an example. Okay. Elias went to the store. They got the ingredients to make a challah. Great. Elias got the egg and the flour and the yeast, and then he went to the cash register. Oh, darn it. 
I messed up. It's hard. I don't want to do this anymore. No, it's okay. Messing up is completely natural. It can be a little bit difficult for people to make the switch. Why don't we try practicing the apology? Okay. I'm so sorry I used the wrong pronouns. Please forgive me. I'll do anything. Please. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I understand where you're coming from, but it's really not that big of a deal if it wasn't done with the intention of trying to make the other person feel bad. Try it again, but this time keep it casual. Okay. I'm sorry I used your wrong pronouns. Thank you. Another word that we use is misgendering. I'm sorry I misgendered you. There you go. Also, look what I've got. Whoa. How'd you do that? I have my way. Want to break bread together? I'd like that. Thank you so much for helping to educate me. And now, you have the ability to help educate others. Introduce yourself using your name and pronouns, and be comfortable asking for other people's pronouns. I will. We are made in God's image and God's likeness. And we are here to experience that power and that presence of God through our relationships with one another. And through our relationships with one another, we get to practice what it means to be loved in our humanity. We get to practice what it means to be peace and understanding and compassion in our humanity. And as we do that, we get to come to a deeper understanding of what God is in our lives. Because God is both transcendent, more than all that we all are, and imminent within each one of us. And we get to experience God in both of those ways. So, I'm letting you know, for those of you who are interested, that we have a new opportunity for anyone who would like to let anyone know what your preferred pronoun is. And that is at the concierge desk starting today. If you would like a sticker that lets us know what your preferred pronoun is, you can go get it. So I put mine on. I prefer she, her. Ellie's going to come up in a moment, and she's got hers on. Ellie? I didn't say yet, Ellie. Would you like to tell us? All right. The mystery continues. Now we share this not to subdivide into further boxes, but to honor the way that the divine shows up uniquely and individually as us and recognize that if we are experiencing some kind of discomfort around anything around that, it's for ours to heal. Because this is what is right now. And I want to honor Ellie in whatever pronoun Ellie decides to share with us. So, who wants to practice with me this week? What are we doing? We are seeing with perfect vision through a spiritual lens. This week, focusing on that idea of God and how each of us can know God and to know that each of us cannot know God in its completeness because it's infinity itself. Anybody here think that they can know infinity itself? If you do, please see me because I've got a talk you could give next week. 
right? As long as I understand that I can't know infinity itself, it allows me to keep an open mind, right? Because maybe I just don't know it here in this moment, so I'm willing to learn something new. So our practice this week, pay attention to the evidence of God in your world. To the evidence of God in your world. Each day before sleep, consider the evidence of God's presence in your day. God is showing up. It's the beauty. It's the wisdom. It's the love. It's the power. It's the joy. It's the peace. Where do you see it? Just going to keep your eyes open this week. Okay, so maybe we should have a prize next week. For the one who shares and finds God in the most unique way. Come back next week and find out. God bless.